Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Joined now by King McClure, ESPN College basketball analyst, former Baylor guard. King, we were just, you heard the sound on the way in. <laughs> Our very own Alan Yates in the control room. I caught it, King. Jay didn't slip Uh-oh. by. Jay tried to slip it under the radar. Nah, not All of a sudden, me. he's talking about things, material things, that you're like, damn, Yates, you got a... He got a backyard. Got a backyard. Got a crib. Yeah, you got a... What's going... How'd that... And then he said, we. We. But he so what's that mean? anyone in, on the show you know, about this I, we. I, I, I'm not even going to lie to you guys. I could not hear the soundbite coming in. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're in the... I could not hear the soundbite, so yeah. Pretty much, King, he was like, oh, yeah, now, now we got the backyard. You know, we got a patio. I was like, oh, I ain't never heard you say we before. So, Yates, mm-hmm. I think we got some explaining to do. Mm-hmm. It's something we you want to tell well, us, Yates? Well, well, if we really want to get technical, since we're pulling the curtain back here... I remember getting a text from one Jay Williams saying, yo, you and so-and-so should slide to this event in a couple weeks. And yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's pulling I, your and card. And now but- all of a sudden, Max, he's like, wait a yo. minute. I didn't know this. I should have known. So this Jay pulled it off slick. like he's uh, – he's uh, Ricard Monty Bull, man. Yeah, he's like he's Ooh. the detective. But in fact – well, in fact, well, he knew the whole time. You ain't Columbo. <laughs> I don't think so and so is going to be happy that you called her so and so, though. Because if you drop names, then there's a whole bunch of wild people out here on Twitter. We don't need that. Yates man. and so and so. Nikki, that's my wife's name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Yates. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> what? well uh, you know what? No, that, that's you right though, Yates. Y'all, y'all coming to the Drake concert though, right? July twentieth, right? Yes. Okay. Right. Yes. So we, Better believe. We good. That's what Better we believe. Yates and so and so. I should have known. Jay what do you played mean you it off known. like he was really razor sharp. But in fact, you, well, all, you had I it. knowledge. It's like you insider didn't catch training, anything. Dog. Well, I, caught, I would have never disclosed yeah. it if he didn't put himself <laughs> in that situation. <laughs> that makes you know it I mean? worse. You're digging yourself a deeper hole. So you weren't supposed to say anything. No, 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 no. no. I wouldn't have. He gave you an opening to say something. So you use that as an excuse to put him on blast and also pass it off like you you figured it out. I just caught it. I just caught <laughs> This is good. But look, look, when your friend publicly states we, that, that's a big step. That's a big step. That doesn't happen often. That is true. That's that is huge. True. I'm proud. This is showing maturity. This is showing the next stage for Mr. Alan Yates. Maturation. Yes. You're hustling. Jay, Here you're comes hustling. a new record. The Look maturation at all you've gained Yates. from sitting next to me these no, last I'm, couple of years. I'm proud of my guy. You're hustling. It's my guy. King McClure. King, is there a we? Is there a we? Yeah, there's always a we. We is better See? than me. See? Right? We is better than me. Say it again. Uh-huh. Say it again. See? Okay. Now, 26 years of knowledge. Okay, I'm just But asking, King I'm just might be using the royal we. We don't know. King can pivot real quick, though. You see how he just pivoted like that? Like mm-hmm. a politician. Yeah. It's more good. It's more Absolutely. good. Look at him. He's getting all tense. Look at his armpits sweating. Look at him. <laughs> King, you're going to be on Hoop Streams as part of the NBA draft coverage. Something, you know, people talking about Wembayama a lot. Yeah. And something I brought up earlier in the show, it, it occurred to me in the last couple of days. I think the best predictor mm-hmm. of a guy's career at that level is actually the amount of hype they come out with. The mm. two most hyped prospects ever are Kareem and LeBron. 
after that, it's like Shaq. And then after that, it's like David Robinson I and guess Patrick I, I, Ewing. I, no, you can't skip over Yao Ming. Yao had a ton of hype. He did. A ton of but, hype. But, but Yao a, as a, a seven pl- six Chinese player? He was, but as a oh. player, I don't think he, he was projected to be very good, and he was next, and oh my God, he said. But yeah. like in terms of He was old, projected like, to be more than very no, good. Yeah. And he was. He, he was, was a, very good. They were projecting him to be a generational-type talent. Yep, I agree. One of the best the game of basketball has ever seen. That I, was up in I, the air. I, actually, it, I remember it because I lived through it. I remember listening to all the hype around him. Like, did he? Did he? I mean, he got there. He got voted as an all-star. Would you say he, he got was voted as, in on ability? Was he as hyped as Shaq? I don't think so. This is before my era, fellas. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who was the most hyped guy that you've lived through the hype? I put Zion up there. Yep. Yeah, Zion. For Z- sure. Zion was definitely up there for sure. See, I, I really think that part. I mean, Zion is excellent when he's on the floor. Yo, we did the, the, M- been on the floor Max. Though. We did the NBA draft lottery king, mm-hmm. and literally, I was in Chicago during that mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. And every pick, we showed Zion. Like every single pick. <laughs> like when they revealed the tenth pick, it was like Zion panel right. screen Zion. Ninth pick, Zion. Like every single Zion picking his nose, Zion tying his shoes. It would, whatever it was, it was all focused on Zion. I, all I would the time. say the difference with the Zion hype was Kareem. There was at back then it was like, yeah, yeah, that could be the best player on a championship team. They'd seen it in college for three years, right? Mm-hmm. LeBron, absolutely. The idea is he's supposed to be the best player on a championship team. Same was true as Shaq. Same was true as D. Rob. Same was true with with Pat Ewing, right? Like they were all Zion. The que- and even Yao Ming. The question is. Could they? They were physically different. They were yeah. like physical freaks. And the question was, could they be the best player on a championship team? What was your sense of Zion as a prospect? Well, I was actually playing, right? So I was my, it was my senior year at Baylor. And it, it got annoying in, in a sense. I'm a player. I'm a hooper. I'm a competitor. And every single time you turn on a television screen, no matter if we're playing, no matter if we're playing Kansas, we're playing Texas, uh, Zion is somehow finding a way to implement him and put him on the television screen, kind of like Jay said. So mm-hmm. it kind of got annoying. I mean, I wasn't from looking at it from the media perspective, but I'm looking at it from a player side. And what do you think I'm of like, him as a player? Of what was your evaluation of him as a player? I mean, he was good. He was freakishly athletic. He was good. He was stronger than everybody. He imposed his will every single time he stepped on the court. Um, but as a competitor, I was ready for it. I wanted all the smoke, Max. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, would you think that's a generational talent? He could be the best player. Because I remember mm. when he came out, the idea was guys shaped like that. Like, he's yeah. not going to be a rim protector. Mm-hmm. He's not exactly a perimeter player. He's like this hybrid. Is he like Charles Barkley or Blake Griffin 2.0? Yeah. Or what is that going to be? And we weren't sure. We knew he'd be very good, but we yeah. weren't sure what the level was going to be. Did that Was that your feeling also? Yeah, I really didn't know. Because you're right. When I, I think when you look at generational talent, I mean, he falls in that 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six category. But he's not a perimeter player. He's more of a down-low player. So I didn't really know how that would translate. Mm-hmm. But like you said, when he's on the court, he's very effective. Very. But the yeah. question is, and the problem is, when will he actually be able to play a – I'm not going to say full season at this point. 65 yeah, games. Yeah, play like yeah. 65 yeah. games at this point. And that's the question that I feel like everybody right now is wondering because mm-hmm. he's effective. He's good. He's hard to stop. So here's something that nobody's really talked about yet that I've mm-hmm. heard on like the national media scale is that there's no doubt Victor Wimbayama is going to be the first pick in the draft. Yeah. How long is Greg Popovich going to continue to coach? Yeah. He probably won't like, be what, there for what, the second how contract. Do you, how right? do you handle that? Yeah. Because obviously you want, like, it's like onboarding, right? When you get hired on the job, there's probably nobody better in basketball other than maybe Pat Riley to onboard you throughout the process of learning what it's like 
to be a pro from an international perspective. So you have to keep him around for Victor's career, don't you? To a degree, even if it's in some kind of consultation role yeah. later. But like, who's next in line for that position? That's a big thing if you I'm know, Victor Wimbayama. I want to know who I'm going to be coached by for my time here. When Popovich was there, and he'll be there for a while, but I'm guessing not seven years, because usually it's always been structured in a way where you got to leave too much money on the table as a top player to leave before seven years. So sometimes in the sixth season they demand a trade, or they wait till season seven, now they're out and they sign somewhere else, right? Because they get to that second contract and yeah, they're incentivized yeah. to stay put. I don't think Popovich is going to be coaching another seven years. No, no, no way. Does that mean that Wembayama, should he stay healthy and fulfill this promise, is not going to be with the Spurs for his career? Right? Are we going to be talking in a handful of years about, is he going to go to the Knicks? And then he winds up on the Lakers, as always, right? Something yeah. like that. But, I mean, does it really matter who coaches him? I mean, he, he's Victor Wembanyama. We're talking about yes. a, a generational talent, right? Yes. We're talking about one of the greatest players. If he lives up to the prophecy, we're talking about one of the greatest players to arguably ever play the game of basketball, nothing like we've ever seen. So does it matter who really coaches him? One million percent. Why? Is it David Blatt? It matter for LeBron James, didn't it? But you're 7'5". The things that you it, do instinctually, look, it, it man, doesn't matter who coaches you, in my opinion. It, I, I completely disagree. It matters who coaches you. It mm. mattered who coached Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan didn't win championships with Doug Collins. He he, he yeah. won it with Phil Jackson, right? And yeah. and, and and Winters coach went like all these guys working together. Like it mattered for LeBron James with David Blatt. Look, LeBron James has ran through coaches before. Yeah. Like so, it, it takes the right coach to learn. Like it it it, it mattered for Eric Spoelstra as it relates mm-hmm. to LeBron James, D Wade, and Chris Bosh with the tutelage of. A guy like Pat Riley, it matters who you're coached by. Scheme-wise, how you communicate, how you're getting people to buy in, that matters. Well, I think, King, if you're saying, does it matter who he's coached by in the sense that he's going to be tremendous regardless? Yeah. Yes, I think that is true because Jordan was tremendous without Phil Jackson. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and a lot of, but the question as to will he fulfill his potential as a championship centerpiece Yes. Man, he couldn't be going to a better place than to Greg Popovich, right? A hundred percent when you talk about championships. But I think his level of productivity will be the same no matter who coaches him. Now, will he win? You're right. The coach matters on that part. But he's 7'5". He can do things that we've never seen before. Defensively, he's special. I mean, they're talking about on the low side, his projection is to Anthony Davis. I mean, on the low side. I was saying Chris Stapps, Porzingis, but like, right, I, I, AD that, is probably That right better. there is unreal. We've never seen a unicorn like this. So his level of productivity, I think, will be the same regardless of coach. Now, will he win and be able to fill the greatest player of all time uh, role and in, in, in piece that we've been talking about? That would depend on the coach. So I agree with you on that part, Jay. It's interesting because uh, yesterday I was talking on this just in about my max facts at the end of the show, right? So it's the reason I came up with this idea that hype is actually most correlated to production at that level of the draft, mm-hmm. right? The most hyped are the best. The next most hyped are under them, et cetera, yeah. is that, you know, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Victor Wembayama. He's probably not going to be third on that list if he stays healthy. Uh, think about that for a second. The standard is Tim Duncan and David Robinson. Jeez. And if oh. Victor Wembayama fulfills his potential – Here's He's probably the, not going to be third on that list. The thing that makes him so incredibly special is you're watching his lateral quickness on the perimeter. He's blocking guards' shots yeah. the same way he's blocking big shots. And like one of the things we love about AD is AD is a great primary defender, 
Um, but like Victor Bumanyama is also like a great primary defender on the block, and he's yeah. great from the weak side. So there aren't too many holes in his game. Yeah, it's just going to be strong guys who can move him. You know, down well, he's low. He's playing against strong guys now. Yeah, but I think in the NBA that will be like no one's perfect. I think that's going to be an issue early on. Strong, you know, NBA can I bigs just you, who can, if, can if move. You, if you're playing with a competent guard, yeah. that's a dream. Right, right. Oh, pick and pop 100%. coming up. Like if we, if we're stretching Jokic in pick and rolls, like if you're running a pick and roll with him, oh, King, I can, I could do that with one leg, Max. Yeah, I'm telling you, King, King will get out there. Oh, just come off. Like how are you yeah. going to guard it? Right. You can't go under. I can't. You do can't that go job. over the top. He can pick and pop. He has high basketball <laughs> IQ. He can make reads. Yeah, it's sick. it's a guard's dream. I want to know. Listen, come up with. I, I want you to tell me coming up, Jay. What does this do? What like what does his averages look? What does numbers look like? As you know. What does that look like, right? Because mm. we've never seen this before. Are the points crazy? The rebounds crazy? Or are we talking about a combination of steals and blocks? And what are we talking about here? King McClure, ESPN, at basketball analyst with us. We know the three biggest names in the draft. Who else should we be focusing on, KJM? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. King McClure, ESPN basketball analyst, former Baylor guard, hanging out with us. He's going to be on Hoop Streams as part of the NBA draft coverage. Listen, tonight... One of the most anticipated drafts ever in the NBA. Victor Wembayama. You know, I'm always looking. People think like, oh, you, you're hating on LeBron because you grew up watching Jordan. <laughs> no, I'm always looking for the guy who's going to be better than Jordan. Like, I always want to see the greatest ever. I just don't, you know, the best ever is usually the guy who's playing now. I'm talking about the greatest ever, the guy who in his day was the Well, you can also make the case that that 84 draft class was the best draft class of yeah, all you time. You could. I mean, Michael Jordan, Akeem Olajuwon, yeah. Charles Barkley. Better than 96? I mean, they have more championships. It, put it this way. I agree Akeem 96 is probably 90, one. 96 but that's loaded the more depth. I mean, yeah. if, you're, if you're doing it via championships. So my point is, the reason I bring <laughs> I mean, that so, up is I wonder what is Wembayama, if you had to do it in numbers, right? What kind of player is he going to be? Is it going to be 22 points and 10 boards, but with five blocks and two steals again? Like, what does this look like? I don't even know what to expect in that way. Like stat line? Yeah. What is that? What does a Wembayama stat line in the NBA look like? Take a swing at it, King. <sighs> I would expect first year, 
maybe about 20, mm-hmm. 22 mm-hmm. points per game. I would expect about 10 to like 10, 11 rebounds, mm-hmm. rebounds a game. That's what I was thinking. Um, about three, two to three block shots per game. Because, by the way, block shots on average are, are not what they used to be. So yeah, three yeah. blocks today is like five blocks when I was a kid. Yeah, I would probably say about two to three blocks per game because his – his eight foot wingspan, I think we undervalue that. And when it comes to strength, everybody keeps talking about he needs to get stronger, he needs to get bigger, he's going to get bullied down low. Well, if you're trying to bully somebody, you still have to shoot over an eight foot wingspan. <laughs> that is hard to do, no matter how strong, how physical you are. To create that much separation with your physicality, he can overcome that by his wingspan. So I think the eight-foot wingspan is something that we continue to undervalue when we talk about his strength and how big he is and how he needs to muscle up. But I think about three to four, probably two to three blocks per game. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, so Braun averaged 21 points per game, 20.9. We can round up five and a half rebounds and 5.9 assists per game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So As a rookie. I, I would say that I expect Victor to average more points than LeBron did. Yeah. Uh, I expect him to have more rebounds. He's a better shooter. And more he's rebounds yeah, yeah. than LeBron did. Like He should be around, like with his size and his frame, he should be around to eight to nine to ten rebounds per game. Mm-hmm. He should For be sure. almost 100%. averaging a, a double-double. He should average a And his block yeah. shots should probably be around like, he should Three. lead the league in block shots. As a rookie. 100%. As a rookie. How about the, how about the assists and all that? I'm not sure on What's that. What's his passing I, game like, by the way? His, does anyone know? His passing game was not bad. He struggled out of double teams, though. When I, when I was watching this film, he did a bad job of struggling out of double teams. Mm-hmm. A lot of times he's so tall, you have to send a second defender. So sometimes his passes were a little lazy. They weren't really that accurate. But he's a decent passer. He's you not You know who bad. was a bad passer out of college and for a while in his career? People don't remember it anymore because he turned into a very good one. Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon didn't pass mm-hmm. the ball. One well, good at it early on. Well, if I saw him a jammer, he didn't have to. No, I know, they, but, they I'm, so saying, loaded, but man. I'm saying the first yeah. half of his NBA career is yeah, yeah, an incredible yeah. scorer, an incredible defender. Right. He's no passer. Right yeah. now, he became a very good one as his career went. But that's the thing. People like to nitpick on the stuff a guy can't do. Like, you'll see a lot of times a guy get posterized by yeah. a dunk. You know who gets posterized a lot of times? Good defenders because they're trying to defend, right? right. Uh, when Bayama might, like you said, King, he might get moved out of the way and, oh, and he'll make it hot rounds on social media. And that's one play. But yeah. meantime, three other plays where he gets moved out of the way blocks the shot anyway, right? Yeah, King, yeah. let me ask you, because we're talking about, I know we've been talking a lot about Victor Wimbayama, and he deserves to be celebrated. Who do you like more, Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson? And why? Ooh, I feel like you cannot go wrong with either one of these picks. If you're the second pick, right, you're the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, for me personally, yeah, who do I'm you going like more? Yeah. I'm not going to say who I like more, but who the better fit is no, for no, the no, Charlotte no, Hornets. No, 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 Stop changing around my question. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you have your own team. That's cool. Who, who like do more? you like more and who why? Who do I like yeah. more? I like Brandon Miller more. Why? I, I think Brandon Miller is more of a versatile prospect. I think off of the dribble, he can create more. His shot is pure. I think that we've seen what he can do at a high level. When you look at analytics, right? Now, Scoot Henderson is 18 years old playing against grown men, playing in the G League. When you look at the synergy, look at the analytics, it said it's not on his side. But when you watch Brandon Miller, I think Brandon Miller is athleticism, his defensive prowess, his ability to make other people around him better, not necessarily by assist but his scoring ability is so great his shooting ability spaces the floor that he made Javon Quinterly he made Sears he made Noah Clowney so much better to the point to where now we're talking about Noah Clowney is a almost a first round top 20 pick in the draft because I think strictly Brandon Miller 
brought the best out of those guys. Gravity, in other words, hundred percent. And and also, I mean, let's not mitigate what he went through to go what he what to go through what he went through and still perform at a high level shows me that the kid is locked in and that we have not even seen what he can look like when he's fully focused on just hoops. How about Scoot Henderson? I really do like Scoot Henderson. I'm a big fan of Scoot Henderson, but when you look at his numbers in the G League, it really didn't stand out and impress me. I mean, I think his athleticism is out of this world. I think he has the ability to make good reads off a of pick and roll. I think his shot needs to improve specifically off the three. Great handle to him, and I think he's a willing defender. And I, the thing I like the most about Scoot Henderson is he has just that dog in him. And he, I heard he's a worker. I heard he is going to outwork everybody, and he wants to be the very best point guard. So I believe in him, and I think that he has the ability to honestly become that all-star level player. You know, as you're saying that, really what this draft is going to come down to and the activity around the draft is what you said about the analytics and the fact that what he did in the G League and the fact that he doesn't shoot it very well, mm-hmm. given his size, he's a small 6'2 or something. It's going to come down to does Portland believe he can be a franchise mm-hmm. player? Yeah. If they do, they're going to want to keep him and they're going to want to move on from Dame, one would think. Yeah. But really, I think what happens to Dame depends much more on what Portland thinks of Scoot Henderson than anything else, than what they think of Dame, right? Because if they 100%. look at him, they go, oh, a lot of questions there, we're not convinced, then you move him. Yeah, uh, 100%. I also don't think that Portland is a place right now where Dame can win. I think it's going to be a little too hard right now for Dame at the point of his career to win a championship. So honestly, if you're Portland, uh, it's one of those things. If I'm the GM, I'm taking Scoot, and out of respect to Dame, there you go. I am going to get rid of Dame and let Dame go somewhere where he can win a championship because he was loyal to me, so he deserves to go win a championship. So I would let go of Dame and take Scoot and build my team around Scoot. Now I want to see how you answer this question. Mm-hmm. So let's say hypothetically you're Dame, okay? Yeah. And I'm the Portland Trailblazers, and I say to you, hey, Dame, instead of us taking the third pick, I want to trade the pick, Yeah. and I want to get Zion Williamson to Portland. Mm-hmm. Is that enough to keep you staying here? It's not. I, I do not think that you adding Zion is good enough to win a championship, especially how good the West is. We just saw the, the Nuggets. How, you're not beating the Nuggets. You're not beating the Lakers. You're probably not beating the Warriors, even with Draymond maybe leaving. Right. So I think that it's going to take more than just Zion to keep. me. But would that be a good start? Like if they were like, look, first piece in, we want Zion. And then we want to put someone like if a a healthy, I I don't know who it would be, a healthy Chris Middleton, you know, something, Mm -hmm. some other healthy Chris Middleton. In other other words, like I I can't think of who the player would be at the moment because I wasn't thinking Chris Stapps Porzingis to the Celtics, but some player who would be clearly the third best player on the team, but what they need. Yeah. Right, something like that. Would that if they said Zion's the first step, and now we want to also the idea is to add this other piece. In other words, is it not even a good enough start? Give him Kyle Kuzma. <sighs> no, <laughs> that's what, no, that's what no, I'm trying to tell no, you. I, I just don't think it's good enough. See, I, I even find that more of an insult than getting Scoot Henderson. Yeah, like especially <laughs> if you're not like because like, yeah. I don't uh, as as much as I love Zion as a, as a talent. The best ability is availability. 100%. And I keep saying 114 games in four years. I can't count on More that. More than Embiid yeah. played. That's fine, but we keep using Embiid as the only reference point yeah. to a player who's hurt. There, there are a lot no, of other not players. not the only one. I'm just saying, like, there's know, an example. I know, but he's the one that a... everybody keeps coming up Well, if you stick with it, it could be Joel Embiid. Well, not everybody's going to pan out to be yeah. Joel Embiid. <laughs> who was another oft-injured player on this level where it just kept getting worse? I'm trying to think of an example of a player. Mm. Greg Oden. 
But Odin was never that good like this. Like, that was a mistake to draft. He was a nice player, but there was a lot of questions. Like, are you sure you want to draft Odin first overall? Right? Like, yeah. b- because especially height is easy to project, so people get a little lazy sometimes, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's the, the highest floor sort of the tall guy. But I mean a guy who, when he was on the floor, was tearing it up. Zion's tearing it up when he's on the court, but so. just isn't – so was Embiid. Who, I'm trying to think of another example. Grant Hill? Grant was nasty. Nasty, yeah. but, you know, oft injured, right? Which, which team needs to nail their pick the most, KJM? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. King McCor, ESPN basketball analyst, hanging out with us. Andrea Carter, ESPN college basketball analyst, with us now. NBA draft starts tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Morning. Good morning, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. Okay, so, you know, obvious question. What do you think about Wembayama? Oh, my gosh. What do I not think about Wembayama? Mm. I mean, he is he's incredible. Like, being around him, you realize how insightful he is, how thoughtful he is, and just how much time and thought he has put into this process that he has taken to become great. I watch him in absolute amazement at what he's able to do at seven foot two. Like it, it's just, it's the little things like how he stays on balance when he does a spin move, how he runs a pitch and catch in transition at full speed, like a give and go, right? So imagine at seven two, running full speed, kicking the ball ahead, getting it back to you, not for a dunk, for a one dribble pull up, like, the way that he has to stay on balance to execute the guard-like moves that he's able to make is remarkable. We haven't seen anything like it, in my opinion. His defensive abilities are outrageous. He can stay four or five feet off of a guard on the perimeter and still recover and block a three-point shot from his defensive stance. I mean, there's it's just it's cool because – Honestly, in my opinion, Victor Wimbanyama, we would have been talking about him regardless if he was a paint player that didn't leave the paint, dunked on everybody, and blocked shots. We are going to talk about him tenfold right now and also for ten times as long because that's not all he does. He Andrea, does so much uh, more on the basketball well, court. You, you kept saying 7-2. Now, I'm hearing between 7-3 and 7-5. But I haven't heard seven two yet. Are you saying seven two because that's he, what he actually is in flat feet, or is he in, you know NBA seven two? Right. 
No, he's he's like seven two without shoes on. So like right. put put a pair NBA of basketball shoes on. You're gonna get Jeez. yeah. You're gonna get seven three, seven four, maybe even yeah. seven five if the shoes right. Okay. Right, right. So Andrea, all that sounds incredible. I get that he is a unicorn. He is a once in a lifetime type of player. What's wrong with him? Tell me what's what, wrong. What, tell, tell me tell me what he needs to work on, and tell me where are the holes, where are the flaws, are mm, there any? What he. I don't know if there are I, – I don't know, Jay Will. I really don't. Like, the fact that he can do a little bit of everything and does it all well. Like, he he's only going to get better. He's only going to get stronger. Like, I think if you consider it a flaw – like, I don't consider it a flaw that he didn't really lift weights up until this point, right? Like, he, he's worked with a ton of different skill guys. He worked with Dirk Nowitzki's skill coach and shooting coach, Holger Geschwinder, who's very unorthodox, encouraged him not to lift weights. So you look at him and you're like, oh, well, he's, he's definitely thin in as far as frame goes, and you could see that as a negative. But his durability that he's shown already in the French league that he plays in, to me, I'm just like, when he gets even stronger, he's going to get even better. Like, I don't think there are any holes. I think every hole is filled and now they're just going to get filled even more. Mm. Like that's I, I don't see I don't see any. I really don't. Okay, Andrea King McClure here, and the the Hornets at the number two pick, right? Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson? Who are you taking? Who do you like more, and why? You know, it's it's funny because they have completely different personalities. So like I always take that into account because. One could walk in and the team falls in love. The other could walk in and the team falls in love. Like, personality-wise, I do think that is a big factor. But regardless, for me, I'm taking Brandon Miller. Charlotte was at the bottom of the league in terms of percentage of points from threes, three-point field goal percentage, three-point field goal attempts. For Brandon Miller at 6'9", when he is knocking down threes at, what, 38%, like, that ability alone, that skill set, that size, he can play off the ball. He can play one through four, in my opinion. That's what Charlotte needs. So personality aside, because they have very different personalities, statistically, Brandon Miller has shown he can be a very consistent three-point shooter, and I think that's an immediate hole. Like, if he doesn't do anything else in Charlotte next season except knock down threes, which he's shown he can do, that team is already better for it. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, Andrea. I think the ceiling for a, a guy uh, like him is higher than Scoot Henderson because of the potential of what he could become, too. I, I kind of give that NBA comp of a Rashard Lewis kind of meets a Paul George type player if he can develop that that skill set with that size of being 6'10". I, I am curious. Um, you know, we hear those three names mentioned a ton when it comes to this draft, and people start throwing around speculation that this draft is top-heavy. What are some other names that we need to pay attention to that you think could be sleepers in this draft? Uh, okay, you want do you want like top ten sleepers or you want like ten through twenty sleepers? What what are you looking for? You, you just give me some names that stand out to me. Like I know like Whitmore to me stands out from Villanova, right? I think his size and his frame is special. Yep. I, I I think he's gonna be a yep. steal in this draft. Give me some other steals. Okay, yeah. I think Anthony Black is going to be a steal in this draft. Like he he might very well still go top 10 
but he's a six seven point forward mm. facilitator. He has great vision. He plays one through four, one through four. He's not super quick or shifty, but it's like he just glides around the floor and has incredible vision, also skill set to deliver the pass. You know who's a sleeper in my opinion? Like who I really really enjoy watching him play the game of basketball, Ben Shepard out of Belmont. Mm. I say what you want. He is 6'6". He is long. He brings defensive energy. He can shoot the basketball. Incredible form. He gets out in transition. I think that for him, for him I think of him on a team like the, the Pacers, where he's a late pick. They play really fast. He comes in. He fits right in, getting up and down the floor. Um, Ryan Rupert is another one that I like. He is coming from overseas. His sister, Ileana Rupert, played for the Las Vegas Aces last year, won a WNBA championship. He is defensive-minded. He is a raw talent in terms of offense, but his full-court defensive energy just ignites me when I talk about it. I'm talking sits in a stance, moves his feet, um, and plays with a ton of energy. Uh, those, those are guys that I'm, I'm telling you, there are guys in this draft that can have, I mean, Christian Brown effect yeah. on a team or, or Bruce Brown effect on a team, if we're talking about the, the recent reigning champions, where you, you sleep on them, you pick them a little bit late, and they come in and they make a huge impact for a championship-level winning team. I think there are guys up and down this draft who can be excellent role players off the bench, maybe even 3 and D guys at first, and then grow into a role uh, later down the road as their careers go. Andrea Carter, ESPN College basketball analyst. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoy the draft. Andrea. NBA draft starts tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Meantime, big trade in the NBA. That's a big, that's a big trade. It is. Affecting the fortunes of three teams, but two of them in particular. I want to know what. Chris Stapp's Porzingis means on the Celtics what Marcus Smart means for the Memphis Grizzlies. Keyshawn, Jay Willemax, King McClure in for key right now here on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Jay, you and I talked about this earlier, King. 
Porzingis going to Boston. Mm. To me, that's the eye-opener, right? We could talk about Marcus Smart in Memphis in a second and the effect he'll have there. But I think that's the second-best big three in basketball right now next to Phoenix. But, you know, they actually have a deeper roster. They're like, I, I like Boston in the East as of right now. What do you think of the Porzingis move? I love it because this is what it said to me. It said that there were changes that need to be made. And nobody expected them to do something like this. But they had been to the finals uh, the season before last. And then they lost uh, to the Heat last season in the, in the conference finals. And they need to get better. Nobody expected how they could get better. I didn't know how they could get better. We even talked about it, I think, last time I was on here. We didn't know what moves they need to make. But getting Porzingis not only adds another score – but it just gives you a layer of depth that you didn't have to finally get you over that hump. Because the Celtics had to get over that hump. Because I think we were talking about maybe uh, splitting it up and getting rid of, of Jalen Brown. But we, they did what they had to do in order to get over that hump. So I love what Boston did. I love Malcolm Brogdon now playing the one or Derek White. Uh, get rid of Marcus Smart. I mean, he kind of limits you from the perimeter a little bit when it comes to shooting. But defensively, gives you that toughness. Uh, but I love what Boston did. I think this was an excellent move that finally gets them over that hump to contend for a championship. I think they are probably now the second favorite behind Denver to yeah. win a championship. I think it makes them the favorite in the Easter Conference. I, I think this is a big three that you're not worried about the gaps around it. You understand where the pieces are and the holes that need to be filled. I frankly trust Derek White's decision-making more than I do Marcus Smart. I do think you lose – the, a little bit of the energy and the heart from the team. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's time for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to have that. Yeah. It, it's time for those two to step up and say, we all know it's their team, but you, you need to see that heart and that passion from them as leaders for the next iteration of this team to be a championship team. It's Frankly, it's the one thing that you always felt was missing. Like, and, and I get that certain That smart personality maybe was holding them back a little because he has a more dominant personality. Well, that, and I, I think at times, like, you know, you, you saw those guys, like, they needed, like, look, there's no doubt, and we talked about this, Jalen Brown, his ball handling, something that needs to be worked out in the offseason, right? Jason Tatum, like, having that demonstrative attack mode and not becoming small in some moments, uh, we need to see that more consistently yeah. from him. So, like, when you remove one piece, it leaves a gap that allows these two players to walk into the door to fill those voids, and I feel like filling those voids is the missing link to a championship team for this squad. Basically, with Marcus Smart, all the dog that he brought to the table needs to go to Jalen Brown and, Jason, and Tatum. Jason Tatum, Yes, to simply put it. It's interesting the way teams operate that way, where there can be even a valuable piece that can get you to a certain point. At a certain point, there can be addition by subtraction. Like if that personality or whatever he's doing on that team is holding back, like it, it aids the development of a young player to a certain point. And at a certain point, they got to assert themselves differently, right? Yeah. Maybe it does have that effect in addition to the fact that, you, that what you're acquiring is a seven foot three. Remember, the term unicorn was originally uh, applied to Kristaps Porzingis because unicorn meaning it's not supposed to exist. You know, now you've got one by Yama and this right, coming yeah. in the league, but man, Porzingis can do a lot. Well, I'm now just think about it. Think lot. about it on transition. I mean, secondhand transition, though, King. Like you notice, is like, right? Like pushing the ball down the court. If you're not getting anything off that initial attack, mm-hmm. you're going right into a ball screen. And if, if I'm Jalen, 
or if I'm Jason, like whoever's trailing, like I'm going to that strong side all day. Come set a screen over here. Can't leave the strong side. You want to leave the strong side? I'm going to get a wide open shot. So like this summer, catch and shoot, yeah. how they execute in the half court, like the pieces just fit. Yeah, they and fit. now you have Robert Williams and now you have Al Horford that could be utilized properly. Hey, Robert, be a defensive stopper. Yeah. Just focus on that. That's it. Hey, Al, be a floor stretcher. Just focus on that, and I can yeah. use them in stretches. And they got size, you know. Yeah, the man. Thing, when you when you look at uh, Denver, right? One of the things they had was they could put a big defender on Jimmy Butler and Aaron Gordon. They have a seven footer ish who's controlling the entire mm-hmm. game. Man, this team matches up size wise now with Porzingis. With anyone, really, you go position by position. I'm telling you, it's we said that this offseason was going to be an arms race. It does make me look at other situations. Like a lot of people, including myself, thought that Milwaukee was good enough to be in the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals and be in the NBA Finals. Yeah. With the way the landscape is looking right now, I, I don't think they're one of the top teams in the East. And and now you're looking at that one franchise. Of the, not well, I mean, one they're, they're, of one, the? they're one of the top. I don't think they're. I, I still think there's room for yeah. them to improve. They I have think to get better. They have to get better. They have to get better. Yeah. Like, Staying stagnant is no longer feasible for them. By the way, even, just re-signing Chris Middleton and right. bringing back Drew Holiday, it's not enough. Even matching up with Philly, now Porzingis just creates a problem for the other defense. It creates a problem for whoever yeah. you're playing. But, but, but here's the fact that I feel like we're not talking about. Kristaps Porzingis played 65 games last season, which was the most that he's played in about four or five years. This is his rookie year, I think. So if he is not healthy, he's not able to play 65 games, then everything that Boston hoped for and dreamed for in this trade honestly goes down the drain. Yeah. Because you're not having, like we talked about, the best availability, the best abilities availability. But what, you're who not can having you not available say that on a Like, I look around the league. Uh, Every team you can see. Yeah, that. like, like but it, yeah, it's not yeah, just theoretically, yeah. but you can look at the. Chris Middleton has yeah. not been available a lot. That's another contender last yeah. two years. in the conference, right? Um, I mean, look at Denver over the last two years before that. No Jamal Murray. The Lakers, AD and LeBron. Phoenix, all three of those guys have missed a lot of time recently. Who's the top team that doesn't have a guy like that, like a key piece? But but I think Chris Stops kind of is in a different category because he's his whole career. He has been known as a guy almost like in that Zion Zion category of a guy who is known in his whole career to be injury prone. So I think you've got to look at him at a different light than just a guy like Chris Middleton who's happened to have some freakish injuries or some other players that are top contenders. Yeah, with so Porzingis, you're almost, you're almost wish, you're, you're hoping if you're a Celtics fan, yeah. even if he only gets into 54 games or something, that, he, that you know, he's healthy over the last several weeks of the regular season and yes, into, the playoffs, into the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. looking up the number of games he's played in his career. I think it's his second or third most games. I think the only two, guys, two times he's played more games in 65 has been his rookie and, and his sec- second year in, yeah, in the league. Yeah, 72, 66, then yeah. 48. Then he had the ACL. He was out. 57, 40 uh, – sorry, 57, 43 – Fifty-one, sixty-five. Mm. Okay, he, with that. yeah, he's not quite. He's not, he's not Zion. in the Zion. He's not in the Zion. He's not. He's not. He's not he's no, he's not. He's not no, in the Zion. Category. By the way, it's crazy. You look at stars in the league. Anyone who plays like sixty games, you're like, oh yeah, he's basically healthy. Sixty <laughs> nowadays, you're thinking he's basically healthy because so many guys are in the fifties. Top Wizards top scorers by points per game. Porzingis, can, can, can I, I, I know we're, we're going to talk a lot about just for one last minute. Man, it, it feels like Washington is just not getting 
the return value. First off, when you only hear about 10 players in the history of the league having no trade clauses, I get that you want a big-name player to stay in a small-market team. You know, know, Mm -hmm. Chocolate City is a way different city now. It's a dope city. But, like, you only get that collateral of CP3 who's going to get waived to get Landry Shamit on a bad deal. That, you yeah, know, yeah. And then you get multiple second-round picks and then you know some pick swaps. And now with this one, you get the 35th pick and Tyus Jones? Like for Porzingis? <laughs> and for Bradley Bill? Like I get that you're trying yeah. to revamp, but damn, that almost seems like malpractice. <laughs> I, I was just thinking that the other day. When I saw the Bradley Bill trade, I was like, you know what? In my opinion, I feel like Bradley Bill's value it's a little more than this. I feel like they don't give no trade. I feel like they should. They should have. It was a no trade clause plus the salary that depressed. He forced their hand. But but still, I was like, I feel like you know Washington got the short end of the stick, no doubt. And then I see this trade this morning, and I'm like, so Tyus Jones? Are there going to be major trades tonight? KJM. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Matt's the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio. 